0: This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started.
1: For our teaching time today, we're going to take a look at the Acts passage that we were just reading. And we're going to start out, of course, with where it says in verse 9, And a vision appeared to Paul... In the night, a man of Macedonia was standing there. But we have to go back a few verses before that to get to the background of why this was the case. You see, Paul and his troop set out to go try to preach the gospel in Phrygia and Galatia. But they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to do that. Then they tried to go to Mysia. They attempted to go in Bithynia but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So they were prevented twice from going to the place that they had planned to go. And so what we find here is that Paul and his little troop had one idea, but God had another idea. You see, Paul didn't set out to go to Troas. It was at least the third choice for him. But it was the Holy Spirit's plan to lead him there. Paul, beautifully responded to the Holy Spirit, was willing to lay down his will and his plans for the direction that the Holy Spirit brings. And we see that in verse 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, including or concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Let's not make a mistake here. God did not desire that the people in Phrygia and Galatia and Bithynia not hear the gospel. But what he was after here was opening up all of Europe to the gospel. And so he sent Paul on another way. God opened up Europe, and Paul got a vision. You remember last week we talked about vision? And now Peter's vision changed his outlook on what he said or thought or believed about Gentiles. Well, here Paul is given a vision. And Paul, as we see here, is ready to go. He's not discouraged. He's not upset. He's not bothered that his plans were set aside. How many of us get upset when our plans are put by the wayside and we have to adjust and go do something else? And I think that's a fairly common occurrence. But it didn't bother Paul much because he, he was ready to go. He was ready to get up there and get going. And there were no hindrances on the way to Europe. Now, we've seen several times in church history where People's plans were changed, so I'm going to insert here a few of those. The famous missionary David Livingston wanted to go to China, but God sent him to Africa. William Carey wanted to go to Polynesia, but God sent him to India. And Adoniram Judson went to India, but God guided him to Burma. God guides us along the way to just the right place we're supposed to be and we're supposed to go. So we have to take his word for it and be willing to trust that when God changes our plan, it's for a good reason. See, and while in Troas, Paul saw a vision of a man pleading for him to come to Macedonia, which constituted, now that area there constituted most of what's modern day Greece, northern Greece that is. And just as Jesus in the Spirit directed Paul's travels in verses 6 through 8, God directed him to go and get on that boat. And they sailed from Troas to Samothrace and the following day to Neapolis. And from there to Philippi. We hear that Philippi is a Roman colony. That means that the Romans have come in. They've taken over the city. They put in their own government and it's now run by Rome. And it's a refuge for Roman soldiers who were taking leave or vacation, it's a garrison where they also guard the, the what do you call it, the boundaries, the threshold or the, the territory there in between. And so there's this defensive aspect to that. Now, it was also a leading city in the district, which means it was a trade center, which means there was a lot of people coming and going, which no doubt explains why Lydia who's from Thyatira, one of the churches, towns of the churches that are mentioned in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. She's there by the river. Now, you might wonder about this thing about the river, why Paul is going down to the riverside to look for people who are praying. And it has to do with Jewish tradition. You see, you needed ten men to organize a synagogue. And they didn't have ten men to organize the Jewish synagogue there in Philippi. So, any Jews that were there in the town to have their prayer meeting, they had to go down by the riverside or by the sea to have their prayer meeting. Don't ask me why they had to do that. But that's why Paul knew that there was a likelihood that he was going to find somebody to listen to him sitting along the river there in town. Now, he goes down there on the Sabbath day and he went to the gate to the riverside and there he is. He goes down there and he sees the place of prayer where there's a prayer meeting going on. Possibly only women are present because remember it takes ten men to make a synagogue but the women can go down and make the places of prayer along the riversides. Now they let Paul speak because he's known as a traveling Jewish preacher so he they say offer some words of exhortation or wisdom to us and so he starts to tell them the gospel the Lord opens the heart of Lydia now let's talk about Lydia for a second Lydia is probably very well to do because it says she sells purple cloth or purple goods depending on your translation At that time, purple was a really hard color to get hold of. You had to smash a bug, a particular bug, to get the purple to make the dye for the cloth. And so that means you had to smash a lot of them if you had a really big piece of cloth. And as a result, purple cloth or material was really expensive. So Lydia, we know, no doubt, was fairly well to do. And God opened her heart. To hear the gospel. And that's a priceless thing. God was telling her that it's time to listen. It's time to hear the words of truth. It's time to get the truth in you. It's time to hear the way to have eternal life. And so Lydia believes. And she's baptized. And her whole family is baptized also. And this, by the way, is one of the passages that folks who believe in infant baptism use to support the belief that maybe babies were baptized because Lydia's entire family was baptized. And it says, and her household as well, because they're with her there in Philippi. So she urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay now think about this for a minute how long has Paul actually known this person hour two and she's asking me if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord come to my house Paul's got to make a judgment call there really quickly because he's sitting there thinking she wants me to decide if she's faithful to the Lord and I've known this woman a whole hour and a half or two hours So here we see another example of the Lord intervening in a situation. Because Paul also writes, remember in the book of either, I believe it's 1 Timothy, where it says, don't lay hands on people quickly, lest they get puffed up and prideful and start being really proud of themselves for how cool they think they are or how spiritual they are. So Paul tells Timothy, don't do that. But here he is with Timothy in his traveling party here with Luke the writer of the Gospel of Luke and Acts. And she's saying, if you've judged me to be faithful. So he has to make that instant call so we know that he had some divine revelation from God on saying, yeah, she's okay. So he goes to her house and they stay there. She prevailed upon them. What does that mean? It means she probably did even though the Lord probably spoke and said, she's all right. She probably did some verbal arm twisting too. So Paul probably got persuaded by saying, oh, come on, man, you can come to my house because we're all Christians now, we've all been baptized, you know, come over here and stay with us. Yeah, you can come over to our house and stay with us. So he does. But what do we learn from this passage today? It's really something important for us to be able to grab hold of. Paul had his plans interrupted, yes, by God, but he had his plans interrupted twice. Because it says he was going to go to, where does it say he was going to go to, Phrygia and Galatia, and then he wanted to go to Mysia and Bithynia. And the Lord said no. But he told him to go to Philippi Ma- and use the vision of the man from Macedonia to get him to redirect his plans. So what we learn from this today is not to be upset or discouraged or teed, teed off if our plans don't work the first time. Because there may be a reason. And there was this there's this Christian writer named Marcus Honeysett who had a really nice piece on this passage. You find it. You can find this on the Internet. And I checked it, and it's scripturally reliable. And it's from a good source. But he wrote a, part of his own story here. The start of Acts 16, he writes, is very dear and pertinent to me and should be to any Christian leader who finds God guidance sometimes seems inscrutable. I don't think God gives no's for just the sake of saying no. He doesn't prevent his name from being glorified in Asia and Bithynia because he doesn't want his name glorified there. I think he gives no's for the sake of subsequent Macedonias. This is almost always the reason for a no because he is always going to lead his children to the place where they glorify him before the world the most. So when you get that no and God puts a cramp on your plans, don't get discouraged. Just think maybe he has something better. We've all heard those phrases, God never shuts the door unless he opens up a window or something like that. Well, that's exactly what this means today. Don't get upset if you don't get your way the first time. God has a plan. And he's working in your life to see it through. And so as of last week we talked about vision and having someone And deciding upon someone to pray for so we can have that vision for growth for this church because we're going to pray for those people and pray for those people and as Judy wisely said, if they say no the first time, keep praying for them. So that should be our vision for Christ the King Church and a way to grow it through non-confrontational means. Just pray for the people and then invite them. And if they say no, pray some more, and invite them again. So there's power and vision. Amen? Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at christthekingnorthshore.podbean.com And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at Christ the King North Shore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.